from Los Angeles. This is the Echelon Radio Network. So this is Jerry Hemsworth with the Echelon Radio Podcast, and I'm sitting here today with Madison Oberg of Oberg Law. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing fine. So um, you are an Echelon 2 member, and that is the Echelon Associate Level membership. How do you find E2? We call it E2. How do you find that so far? It's been good. So, you know, I grew up with my dad always being involved in, like, provisors and things like yeah, that. So yeah. I had sat in on a couple, but... Um, Lots of As, networking, yes, right? Yes, so much networking. Yeah. Um, Dave's always been a great networker. So it's one of those <laughs> skills that I kind of never had the option of not being yeah. good at. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, so when we first heard about E2 and that mm-hmm. opportunity, we, Dave and I were both really excited because, you know, now that I'm a partner at the Overg Law mm-hmm. Group, you know, building my own book of business is really important. But, yeah. you know, it's hard as like a younger professional trying to, have the confidence to like step out there or have those spaces to be heard. Right, you know, right. you and I were just talking about that, you know, creating spaces for, yeah. you know, people with who might Young have less experience exactly yes. in years, but, yes. you know, still offer a lot and, you know, um, creating those spaces where we feel empowered and confident to be mm-hmm. able to kind of tap into that side of ourselves. Yeah. So I've had a really positive experience with it. I've actually gotten some business out of it already. Fantastic. Yeah. So, you know, 10 out of 10 would recommend. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I, I love that. Well, you, you bring up Oberg Law Group. Um, you are a partner at Oberg Law Group, mm-hmm. and your partner is? My dad, David Oberg. Your dad, David Oberg. <laughs> what is it like working with dad for you? Yeah, I think um, the at first, you know, there were some bumps in the road, but, yeah. you know, we yeah. – um, we were really committed to making it work and finding, mm. I think the catchphrase of my life right now is boundaries. Mm. And for us, you know, finding that balance of, okay, we're in, you know, now it's dinner. We're at dad and daughter mode. Mm-hmm. Or like, okay, mm-hmm. now we're working. Shut the office we're, door. Exactly. We're business partners now. Mm-hmm. And so, and, you know, working for ourselves, mm-hmm. those bl- lines are already very much blurred, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we're mm-hmm. always on. Um so trying to like really pay attention to um, when he's providing feedback, you know, I'm giving mm-hmm. this to you as a professional. It's not me being a dad, like scolding my kid. Sure. You know, this is just feedback to make you the best professional you can be, mm-hmm. um, which I would hope from any mentor, you know, whether yeah. or not we're related. And so, but also making him feel comfortable enough that he knows he can give me that feedback without fear of me, you know, breaking down be like, my dad hates me, yeah. you know? Right. So right. it goes both ways and really kind of, I think the foundation is very much like a respect, right. and I really look up to him as a professional. So it's been great because um, he's been practicing for quite some time. Mm-hmm. I think he's a great attorney. Mm-hmm. I've only, you know, had positive reviews from people around me. So mm-hmm. it's really nice that we have that like close relationship that allows us to really kind of lean into it more. Do you have family occasions where the other family members have to shut you down because you're talking shop? <laughs> so like time out this is not, not this is not the place not too much okay. I, i'm pretty good. good about turning it off uh, <laughs> maybe that's my generation yeah. but the self-care is really important to me so i'm pretty good about being like hey you know we'll pick it up in the morning yeah let, he's let's been pretty it. good about let's, it too let's table that for tomorrow yeah he's been very respectful you know if i'm like hey dave you know i'm not having a great day like we need to pick it up he's like okay 
That's fantastic. So <laughs> tell me about the uh, practice areas. What is it that you and David do at Oberg Law? Yeah, so we're business attorneys, so mm-hmm. we have our general transactional practice area where we do mm-hmm. everything from you know, just corporate advisory work, entity formation, annual compliance, mm-hmm. um, mergers and acquisitions, deals like that. Um, and then we also have a bankruptcy and insolvency practice. Mm-hmm. And you and I were talking the other day about what you know we playfully call superpowers, <laughs> you know, and um, what what brought you to this area of law? What is it that you bring that is um, very beneficial to your clients? What do you know is your professional superpower? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. So based on our conversation and like really thinking about it a lot, I think we yeah. kind of, you know, realized that for me, it's my compassion. Yes. I'm a deep feeler. It's, yes. You know, one of my strengths yes. and also one of my weaknesses. So I found yeah. a way to kind of tap into it at the right times, I think. Turn um, it around to exactly. a po- very positive mm-hmm. thing, sure. And I think it's been really helpful because, you know, um, as we were talking about a little bit earlier in law school, I volunteer. I um, clerked at the DA's office. It was uh-huh. a volunteer clerkship. Clerkship. I volunteered at the DA's office, and I was really focused on uh, more public interest focused practice. And mm-hmm. you know, it was really easy for me to, you know, be really passionate about and want to help people. And I've always said I wanted to use my legal degree to help people, and not just make money. You know. Right. If I was in it for the money, I would have just yeah. gone into business. I would have skipped the debt, you know? Yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. But um, so while I realized that public interest wasn't the best path for me and I find business really interesting, mm-hmm. I think of myself as a pretty practical person. So, yeah. you know, I find that's very helpful. And I like, you know, I like the unique problems that come up with just a general business, like operation and finding solutions. And so being able to tap into that, like, that part of me that was so motivated to just like serve and like help people Mm -hmm. um in the business sphere I think can be pretty unique where at times it can be very like okay it's all about the numbers I'm like yeah but behind every business is humans who are running it. well and you and I were talking about bankruptcy Mm -hmm. you we were saying how clients come to you when they are really down and really scared and freaked out Mm -hmm. and and your ability to Put yourself in their shoes and and the desire to help. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we have a guest. We have a guest on our podcast today <laughs> whose name is Tilly, and you may have just had her input. But she'll help with your the, bankruptcy. Yeah, too. she'll ban- help with bankruptcy, and and this will play into the podcast in in just a minute because you'll learn a, a little bit more about Madison and and puppies and doggies. But we we do have. A puppy with us today, which is really fun. She's actually sitting in Madison's lap practically right That's now. Perfect. I'm pretty sure she's bigger. She than doesn't me. want anything to do with me, which is kind of funny, but quite fun. But yeah, are you bankrupt, Tilly? Never <laughs> bankrupt of of to- toys. Exactly. So so coming back to when a client comes to you mm-hmm. and they're really down, how how do you approach somebody like that right off the bat? Is it is it your heart first, your brain first? Do you, what would you say? Yeah, I think it has to be a gentle balance because, you know, you, it's still important, you know, as a lawyer to be able to maintain that, um, that objective-ness, yeah. you know, yeah. you can't allow your feelings to guide it too much because sometimes, you know, it's like, 
you know, you feel for the person, but sure. like, you know, the number of times we have to say, you know, like this is like this is what we think, but like we're not the ones to be able to help you with this, yeah. right? Yeah. And so we want to be able to do everything we can, but we also, you know, want to be really mindful of like what would be the best for you. Yes. So you have to be able to kind of like feel and like be present and like look at things from their perspective, but also still maintaining and like enough of that ability to kind of take a step back and still have you know a clear understanding and view of the situation right but um so i it's a gentle mix i think but you know the first thing especially in like a bankruptcy situation that um i really take pride in and i think dave does a really good job of this too is just kind of creating um a welcoming comfortable space in which people feel comfortable having those conversations right because you know very rarely is someone like Oh, I'm thinking of considering a bankruptcy. That's great. I can't wait to shout that to the world. Right, you know, right. there's so much shame and stress, and well, they're of- so vulnerable. Exactly, and it's embarrassing to have to say, mm-hmm. "I'm in trouble. Mm-hmm. I need your help." Exactly. Yeah. And so, really, for me, taking having that like, background understanding and approaching the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, really makes a difference. And mm-hmm. then you can have those honest conversations and you can really look at the situation and see, you know, does a bankruptcy make sense? Maybe this other solution makes sense. Mm-hmm. How can we, like, figure out what really um, would be the best for you? And that's what it's about. It's like working with someone and, you know, not judging. Right. Just being being there. And that's part of it, too, is, you know, so many people, when they do call us, I had one client who um, – she was great, but she would just call me and they were having some issues with the business partner. So she would just call the vent about the business partner, which like the person who loves trash TV and me was like, oh my gosh, like tell me like what's all the I drama, want the dirt. but also still being professional, you know, not sure. leaning, not sure. that moment, you know, I was like, oh my God, tell me more. Yeah. But you know, you're just like acknowledging they sometimes do? they just need a person to vent to, yeah, too. Sure. And you know. Being able to be that can be really yeah. helpful. Oh, God. That's really, that's really <laughs> it's great. It's always funny. Whenever lo- she called, I'm like, oh, <laughs> got to sit down for this one. <laughs> Let's take a powder. So I want to go back a little bit. Where were you born? I was born in Los Angeles, but I grew up in Calabasas. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then um, you are one of three children. Yes. Where do you fall in line with the three kids? I'm the middle child. The middle child. Mm-hmm. Did you always feel like a middle child? Or did you ever think about that and go, what the heck? I don't know. I feel like a lot of people who are middle children will make comments like, oh, yeah, it's the middle child. But I don't know. All of us were so unique. And I think yeah. we all ebbed and flowed in terms of who was the temporary favorite. So yeah. I never, I don't know, people were like middle child syndrome. Like, what does that mean? Well, that's, and that's interesting because your your father has had a couple of different careers. Mm-hmm. And, and he talks about them in his podcast. Mm-hmm. Um but what made you, out of the three of you, want to go to law school? Mm-hmm. I mean, was that like something your dad had that influence or were you just, what What made you say, you know what, I want to be an attorney? Yeah, that's interesting. I'm sure um, Dave probably had a tremendous amount of influence over that, but um, I kind of went and back and forth of things. When I was a kid, um, I thought I was going to be a coroner one day when I grew up. Hey, yeah, I coroner. Like, yeah, I know, you know. Wow. Really uplifting stuff. But I was, no, but I, fascinating. I really like problem solving and like puzzles. and Mysteries? I was, mm. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to live my Agatha Christie fantasy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, 
But then I realized I suck at science. Uh-oh. So it was a cool That's idea a in theory, but yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> like me wanting to be a marine biologist, and then I found out how much chemistry was evolving. Yeah, said, Next. it kind of puts a damper on it. But it was actually funny because when I was at the DA's office, uh, the woman I worked for, she was like, a DNA master. So I got to go to the crime lab all the time and I got to go to the coroner's office all the time. And so I became like really like familiar with, you know, I'm not a DNA expert, but I like really understand it. So it's cool to like tap into that childhood, like thought I was going to be like a coroner or CSI or something. Yeah. Oh my gosh, like I'm doing it. But um, yeah, no, but I think it just kind of ultimately made sense because, you know, I love writing. I love, you know, the reading, and I like okay. old things. I studied Renaissance literature in college, so I like to say oh, I like wow. old things. Um, but, you know, I think law is like a great way to tap into kind of, you know, I'm a creative person, and you have to really be able to think outside the box to be a good lawyer. And so it tapped into like my love of writing and like language and like looking at things and how can you read it differently and like spin it, you know, because yeah. that's what it's all about. Yeah. Is, you know, the law is black not black and white it's very gray right and so you can read something and four different people will tell you it means something differently yes so um i think dave definitely was an influence because i grew up around it so i knew that was an option for me Mm -hmm. and i you know was helping update his like books and stuff from Mm -hmm. the time i was a kid so i was always you know kind of had my like toes in the legal water yes so it was just kind of a natural like progression because your siblings didn't go into law Mm -mm. just you Mm mm-hmm Interesting. Yeah. Danielle's our scientist. She's a paleontologist. Okay. Yeah. Okay. There's the that's there's where the science genes went. Exactly. <laughs> did not go to me. <laughs> yeah, but you got the humanities part. Exactly. Yeah. And Nick's a musician, so oh, he's well, he's still trying to find his like final he's the artsy path. One. Exactly. Okay. So. That's cool. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. Growing up, what kind of animals and pets did you have? <laughs> well, I my first pet ever was a toad. Named Benjamin. He was oh. a fire belly toad. <laughs> oh, oh. So oh. that's where it all started. Oh. But, um, which apparently I accidentally killed him and didn't know. And bless my mom, she kept buying me more Benjamins. No. I kept getting No. Yeah. You had multiple Benjamins? Yeah, apparently there was a bunch. Oh, no. water oh which i feel like i shouldn't say this i'm never going to be allowed to adopt into adopt a dog <laughs> but so apparently yeah my my mom's like oh yeah it's actually oh. benjamin number five and i know like, after i'm like oh my gosh oh so my that was gosh. my first pet experience how long did she take did it take her to fess up uh, I was definitely, like, in high school or something when she, like, Oh, dear God. It. Yeah, I, like, lived my whole life thinking I was, like, I was such a good, like, toad mom. He's very, he's <laughs> very old. <laughs> I was, like, at a certain point, she's, like, okay, we got to move on, you know? But, yeah, it was like, so funny. I went through all these years thinking, like, yeah, I was so good at raising these this toad. Like, I've I got had a him for green forever. thumb for, ki- for, exactly. for toads. Yep, no, nope, turns out, um, no. I'm, no. I'm, I guess I'm better with dogs. Okay. And so we grew up with a black lab named Shadow. We had Shadow. him for 14 years. Yes. And then when Shadow crossed over the Rainbow Bridge, yes. at the time I was volunteering at an animal shelter in Wait, Aurora. wait, wait. So what made you want to go volunteer at an animal shelter? Yes. So I love the pepperonis. Yeah. Um, they're yes. my favorite. Um, And so I always wanted to. Yeah. But when I was in college, I went to school in Wisconsin. And so... Oh. So the requirement for the county shelters was that you had to, like, commit to at least six months. Okay. But uh, during that time, I was never in one place for, like, more than three months. Mm. So it was one of those, like, one day, 
mm-hmm. and volunteer at this animal shelter. It's going to mm-hmm. be magical. Um, and so when this summer going into law school, because I graduated and went straight into law school. And so that summer, I'm like, oh, I'm going to fill out the application and I'll see. And I kind of forgot about it. And then they did the county like volunteer training. Mm-hmm. And so I did my training the summer going into my first year at law mm-hmm. school. Mm-hmm. So I did that all throughout law school. I took a little time off when I was studying for the bar, but I did that right up until the pandemic. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. So. And and I know Shadow is on the other side of the mm-hmm. Rainbow Bridge. Who Did anybody fill Shadow's pause? <laughs> yes. Okay, who is She's that? She's our chief wellness officer now. Her name's Sophie. Okay. Her full name is Sophie Guernsey Sparkle Oberg. <laughs> <laughs> So appropriate I if know. you haven't met Sophie. Because <laughs> she's a diva. I believe she's on your website. She is. Yes. So you can check her out and look at her glamour shots. Yes. But uh, yeah, Sophie was my shelter crush. And so <laughs> when Shadow um, passed away, um, my dad made it about 10 days. And, wow. you know, he was like, I can't, I can't do it. Like, yeah. we, we need a dog. Yes. And they were like, do you know anyone that's like really great at the shelter? And so she was at the shelter where you were mm-hmm. volunteering in yeah. Agura. Yeah, okay. she was there for a couple months. Okay. So. Oh, a couple months? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. The nice thing about Agora is um, we they don't have an issue with space. Uh-huh. So dogs have more time there than nice. they would at like a different county shelter. So. Right. So it's, it's they call it like the Ritz-Carlton of the county shelters. So yes. Of all the places that. to volunteer, like yes. at least it's a nice one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so Sophie mm-hmm. comes into the Oberg family. Yes. And um, how does she change the Oberg family, especially with working at home? Hmm. Well, coming from growing up with a dog that we had from the time he was a puppy, mm-hmm. you know, Shadow, he was a great dog. Mm-hmm. But, you know, mm-hmm. he, like, grew up with a magical life. Sophie, sure. we adopted her at seven. She was seven. Mm-hmm. So an older girl. Yeah. So, okay. and I don't know what her history was, right. but, you know, I like to say her, if she had a memoir, it'd be called Triggered because oh. she's a very anxious girl. <laughs> so I don't think her, like, original home was, like, the best. And we were actually, I think, the third or fourth family to adopt her. She kept getting returned at the shelter because oh. she had separation anxiety so these people would like adopt her and then leave her like in their apartment for like Mm -hmm. a weekend Mm -hmm. and she's like hello yes don't you see i'm amazing come hang out with me you know yes and so when she came into our home and i think having me there really helped her kind of settle in right away because she's like oh i know know her (laughs) so it was good but you know rescuing a dog it's just a completely different experience right she's so grateful she's like so eager to love you and so it's just it was um really special so I notice something, and and I've been to the Oberg home. Mm-hmm. I've experienced Sophie. Mm-hmm. Um, she is a pit mix, mm-hmm. as are our dogs. Right. Um, the mis- most misunderstood breed ever. Absolutely. Um, but I've noticed that around the Oberg home, there are there's a bed for Sophie in every damn room. <laughs> every room well she can't sleep on the floor she's not an animal hello she's a goddess (laughs) god so so i've been on zooms with dave and i've in network and sophie's always in the background Mm -hmm. i have uh i know that dave and um your family has moved homes Mm -hmm. and i noticed sophie wasn't always in the background now sophie is also in your mother's office um how is dave handling that 
because suddenly I get the feeling he's not the favored parent anymore because <laughs> she's spending a lot of time in the other office. Yeah, I mean, I haven't asked Dave, so I, I can't. Okay, so I, can't, I can't, you know, firmly answer that. Right. But you know, I'm sure he's working through it. <laughs> I'm curious, and and I just I just thought about this. Um, your love of puzzles and your compassion uh, for for clients and animals, and you said you're a very um, feeling person, emotional. Um, and we talking about your superpower again. I think uh, what what I hear is somebody that's going to have a very long career in law and holding on to that compassion. Um, what do you, where do you see yourself in 10 years, would you say? With that, have you thought about that? Have you thought about, you know, where, you know, are you going to stay in business law and bankruptcy? Is that something that, that, uh, or, or is it adding on to that? Because there's so many areas of law where you can, you can take that same passion and pull it into other. Do you have any dreams or is it right now bankruptcy and business is it for you? Yeah, I think, you know, for now, I'm really happy where I'm at. Yeah. Um, I know, you know, Dave and I have talked a lot about, you know, over the next several years, like mm -hmm. really kind of stepping into more of like a leading partner mm -hmm. role. Mm -hmm. So I see that in the future, but I'm, I'm not... I rarely do the, where do I see myself in 10 years? Because yeah, if you yeah. asked me that four yeah. years ago, I was going to be an FBI special agent. Well, so, <laughs> which it's still an option. Hey. But I, so I never, never say, say never. No. <laughs> exactly. But um, so it's, um, you know, I'm going to sound like a hippie when I say this, but every time I kind of have a plan, the universe has a different, has no, a different one. I agree with that 100%. And so the number of times I've like gone, like, I'm going to do this, and I'm just going to push forward right. with it. And the universe right. is like, mm, not today. Hang on. And so I, I have ambitions. I have, you know, I see myself with, you know, several dogs and hopefully sure. a yard for them and all these great things. Yes. And I see, you know, taking the firm and, you know, you know, maybe growing it to the point that we can have, you mm -hmm. know, another partner, an, an associate or something, you mm -hmm. know, um, that I'm very open to. Um, so I see myself like rolling with Oberg Law Group and hopefully just continuing to, you know, help people and do good and work. expand there. Mm -hmm. But um, in terms of like, much more substantive than that. Yeah. I try to just kind of like focus on today and like see what opportunities That's come. Fantastic. I just never, every time I thought I knew, yeah, it's always shifted. And so I found that like kind of leaning back and just like being more present, like watching where the world's taking me has been like worked out That's better for me. Extremely wise for somebody um, at your age. I think that is not common. And your ability to identify that is really, really fun, and <laughs> and I love I love hearing that. So, one last question: um, We believe having animals in the workplace is extremely valuable, and I know there's a lot of people that believe the same thing: mm -hmm. stress relief, um, um, staying in touch with what's important. How? What do you? How do you feel about animals in the workplace and and having Sophie 
be the chief wellness officer <laughs> and the plan to have more animals in your future, mm-hmm. um, how do they play into your business? Because I know we've, our business is named after our animals, Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and we've identified that. I'm, I'm curious what your take is on it. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, we know that happier people are more productive. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, you know, having pups around or, you know, if it's cats, you know, yeah. or, you yeah. know, if it's an iguana, I don't know. I don't yuck your yums. But um, whatever it is, um, I think, you know, just for me, wellness is really important. And mm-hmm. I think animals really tap into that. And sure. so um, I think from a business standpoint, it makes you more productive. But I also think for us, you know, we are a more casual firm, mm-hmm. you know, just because we're casual people doesn't mean, you know, we're, you know, mm-hmm. lazy with our work. We still do high quality work, Absolutely. but, you know, we're much more, um, you know, we're not suit people. Right. You know, we obviously have them for when they're necessary, yeah. but, you know, if there's you a come, time and place for exactly, a suit. Exactly. <laughs> very limited. <laughs> as long as you have some do. great heels to go with it. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Um, yeah. But so, you know, with us, if you're coming to a meeting, you know, yeah. with David and Madison, you yeah. know, we're, it's going to be like at a coffee shop. It's going to be nice. a lunch. It's much mm-hmm. more of that casual, you know, you're really kind of, joining our family yes, more so. It's a culture. Mm-hmm. And so for us, the way we see it is, you know, if you're weirded out by our dog being on the website, you know, there's a lot of other firms and that's mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're offended by, you know, Sophie chiming in in the back of a conference mm-hmm. call, you know, again. Or Tilly on a podcast. Exactly. Yeah. They, you know, they yeah. add a lot. And yes. so you should listen to them. Because yes. They, sometimes they say more intelligent things than me. Well. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think that's what it is. So is you know, it really just taps into like, you know, we are a family business, yes. and we treat our clients like they are family. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that comes, you know, the pepperonis. And mm-hmm. um, Well, yeah. it's interesting because I started our firm when I was 30. Okay. And um, being a young professional myself, and, and we talked about how there's not a lot of outlets for young professionals. Mm-hmm. But um, going back, I once I was able to work at home and start our firm out of the house and have the animals with me I realized the power their superpower yeah uh so that when we did move into office space we had the dog written into the lease Mm. and and that we could bring the dog to the office because we did have a dog treat company as a client but it was that important to us Mm -hmm. that we were able to bring at the time she was Gracie mm-hmm. Newman Grace Golden Retriever to the to the office right and um, so we're on the same page with Oberg Law Group that the power <laughs> of of the pups is is yeah. tremendous and absolutely and I'm sure your clients appreciate them as well yeah Madison thanks for being with me today it's so fun thank you thanks for having me oh you're welcome <laughs> take care all right. Presented by Echelon Business Development. More than just networking. Way more.